This is unstructured. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I have a really cool guest. This guy is hilarious. He is (laughs) one cheeky individual, and I'd say probably a king name dropper. But he has the name to drop. Yeah, I'm the best. I can drop the names. (laughs) Um, Name drops keep falling on his head. (laughs) (laughs) This is Randall Kenneth Jones, and I won't wear it out because he likes to be called Randy. I do. And he is the host of the Jones.show. How are you doing today? Hello. I'm loving it that, you know, I'm all about unstructured. I'm okay. That's not true. <laughs> I'm all, I'm a Virgo. So I'm all about structure and research. But as far as what we're doing now, I'm all about unstructured and going with the flow. Oh, perfect. I loved that when I first discovered you. So excellent. Excellent. I, I really like to have varied voices. Um, just had an interview with a motivational speaker, Chris Widener. But you just dropped a name, you didn't, you know, you drop a name and it's no big deal, but it's your show. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I don't know. It's not exactly the voice of Siri. Well, that's true. I do have the voice of Siri as my BFF. So (laughs) now, how did that um, come about? You know, I actually, her name is Susan C. Bennett. She lives in Atlanta. She is for sale. That's this thing that's so funny. I mean, she's a voiceover artist and uh, she's brilliant and she's been doing it for quite some time. She's also a vocalist. I interviewed her for the first series of interviews I did. Originally, I did a series of interviews that were published in a newspaper in Naples, Florida, the Naples Daily News. Um, Just best practices because all these famous people or successful people lived here or passed through. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody had met her at an event and we ended up, we've, you know, hooking up and having a conversation and just really, really, really hitting it off and really wanting to find ways to work together. Well, when I decided to go on my own with the Jones Dutch show podcast, I don't really do things alone. Well, I'd rather be with friends. I'd rather be with people and have mutual benefit. And we decided to work together on it. So I'm the host and she is the announcer so, you know, she's pre-recorded a lot, but she also like every, the plan is every couple months we have like BFF day mm-hmm. and she'll do a show with me every couple months where we're like, what's on your mind, what's on my mind. And she'll even give commentary on the interviews that Perfect. she's heard me do of what she got from, awesome. it, you know, and what she would have liked to have heard and stuff like that. So it's kind of a, a really interesting way to make it ours. I really wanted it to be ours and she's an extraordinarily special person, but it is freaky because, you know, she go along talking like a normal human. Then she'll slip into Siri and you're like, Whoa, I mean, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's, it's pretty. And then of course you have to apologize to her because we all said these horrible things to her. You know, we've, <laughs> we've said, we've said the most heinous, awful, nasty, vile things we could possibly think of to our, these phones to Siri and she's pretty used to people coming up and apologizing to her. Here's a, a unique thing to consider. You know the old joke that um, a a friend will help you move, a best friend will help you move a body. Yeah. The well, most famous yeah, theory question is, "Where do I hide a dead body?" And now she's your yeah, best friend. I've, I've asked her that. I've asked her that, and it would, yeah, <laughs> early on when Siri first came out, we asked that, and it had an answer. Siri was programmed Multiple to actually answers. give an answer. I. Yeah, I, I don't think Siri has. I'm not sure Siri has that answer anymore. I haven't done that in a while. But yeah, early on, we would ask her where to hide a dead body. I, I did that. So there you go. <laughs> so you've come full circle, right? 
I have come full circle. That's awesome. And actually, while we're name dropping, we have a weird circular connection. Um, you've interviewed Janet Ivanovich, I believe. Yeah, I got a great story about her. Oh, fantastic. Because I'm... I have a wonderful story about her. I love that one. I'm scheduled to interview C.J. Crit, who was the original narrator for her books. Oh, really? I have heard, I have my friend Sarah, uh, my best friend Sarah Fraze, she'll love it and drop in her name, and um, from high school back in Missouri, is a huge Janet fan and loves the audiobooks uh-huh. and is a ridiculously huge fan of the woman you just mentioned. Talked about how brilliant the original mm-hmm. uh, voiceover artist who did Janet's book originally was doing actually commented on that to me. I've not heard her, but I've heard from Sarah how great she oh, is. Oh, she's excellent. She also did Margaret yeah. Marin, which she played... Um, like a family of 20 characters is amazing ability. Incredible. Uh, incredible. I can never, I want to hear a story now. Okay. <laughs> this is a little, I mean, you, you want me, okay. If, if everybody thinks I'm going to be funny, 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 you know, this is really not necessarily. Um, I met Janet, uh, you know, as I have said, she's written more books than appear in the Bible. And at this point in time, and I think she really has. The Bible has 66 books, and I'm sure she's past that wow. now. When I first met her, she was just under it. I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of content. Mm-hmm. She's most known for the Stephanie Plum series, mm-hmm. which is I have read so much of it. It's my guilty pleasure. I loved it. And I have done read so much of it. One of the things she said to me in the interview, she's very funny. She's very dry. <laughs> and she's just great. She's so unpretentious, too. And she said, um, I'm the happy writer. If you read my books and you don't want to yell at the kids or kick the cat, then I've done my job. (laughs) Okay. Which I thought, you know, that's a real good way to sum it up. Well, I had asked Janet, you know what? You're going to have to, I have to apologize a little bit in advance. I have an Airedale puppy. I'm hearing the chain. I've been looking. And Alexander, who has been perfectly calm all day long (laughs) until now, has found a whoopee and is, is, is circling me <laughs> as if to say, pick me, pick me, pick me. So, <laughs> and there's not a whole lot I can do about it. So I had, I went to Janet and I said, you know, would you please sign some books for me to give away for Christmas? Hmm. You know, and this one first, and she said, yeah, I said, will you sign 25 books for me to give away for Christmas? <laughs> and she said, yes, well, I bought them. I would never ask it. You know, I bought them. I go in, my daughter and I go in, um, I asked my dad who read my dad is now 87 Hmm. lives in Missouri Um, reads like one book a year. I didn't think he'd have any interest, but I said, yeah, I'm getting these books. Do you want one? He said, yeah, I want one. Hmm. So she signs one. We sent it to dad two weeks after Christmas. He calls me back, says, you can tell that Janet, that was the funniest story I ever read. Funniest book I ever read. I was like, you read it. He went, yeah, it was hysterical. Wow. And like two weeks later, he'd read number three and number five and number 19. Because Janet's books are like, they go in order. There's the, there's a one, there's a two, right, there's right. a three, there's a four, there's a five in every title. Now I'm a Virgo. So the fact that he's reading them out of sequential order was making my head oh, explode. But yeah, I was like, how can you not read them in order? But he's like reading whatever he can get his hands on. Within like two months, he had read five, 17, nine, four, and two. <laughs> in six months, my father in his eighties in Missouri had read the entire available Stephanie Plum series of books over 20 volumes. Wow. Then what it really came back to for me is my, you know, Janet, what Janet said, uh, I'm the happy writer. If you read my books and you don't want to, you know, yell at the kids or kick the cat, then I've done my job. My father's job is to take care of my mother who has Alzheimer's. Oh God. That's the job that he chooses. He chooses it. He chooses that with pride. 
And that is what he wants to do. And that is what he's done beautifully and in a way that is so extraordinary. But Janet Ivanovich gave him joy. She's so funny. The books are so engaging and so easy to read that that gave him joy. Have you told and her? And it was exactly. Oh yeah, she. I, I told. I. I told her, and she almost didn't even know what. How do you process that? I. If someone, I think if somebody told me that my work had done that, I'd be a, a puddle on the floor. But isn't that kind of what you're trying to do after a fashion? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's. It's. I'm trying to. We have the power to move people, make them laugh, make them cry, make them feel. That's what we need to be doing. And for her to do this for, she helped my dad out in his eighties. Let me tell you. Now, if I call her and I say something, she'll. She, the response literally is, "What does your dad need? What's dad need?" <laughs> I called her to take her my book. I was because she's in my book. I featured her in oh. my book. So I, you know, I called to take her my book. And she immediately said, what's your dad? <laughs> I said, no, 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 Janet, I'm actually bringing you my book. Cause she immediately was ready. Which one does he not have? You know, oh. I mean, she was whatever dad wants. Oh yeah. She's been extraordinary to him. She's, 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 she's so gifted and so kind and so special to me. She gives him joy. That That is awesome. And yeah. that's something that I was really impressed with um, in the short time. I just, we barely connected a couple of days ago, I think. But I, yeah. I looked up your catalog and your attitude, and I was like, "You're you're my spirit animal in a lot of ways." Oh, because- well, that's a really cool thing to say. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I bet my spirit animal is an Airedale that's so spirited right now. He's he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's chained down. But that's a very kind thing for you to say. I'm happy to be your spirit animal. <laughs> no, what you're doing is what my intentions were for this show the whole time. I'm all about meeting different people. Mm-hmm. I discovered even more though. One thing that everybody's amazing. If you dig, everybody is amazing. I have, I completely agree with that. The thing is so often they don't know it. Oh, exactly. That's why you have to dig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I wrote this first to start as a series of columns and I was talking to some pretty famous people shocked that they were saying yes. And let me tell you, uh, yeah, I'll give you an example. You know, I had made a comment in the column, which appeared in the book, Barbara Corcoran, Barbara P- Corcoran from Shark Tank. I said, Barbara Corcoran does not like to be um, uh, bored. Mm-hmm. Now, she didn't say that to me. That was my assessment of her having laughed with her and had this great time with her. But my assessment was she didn't like to be bored. So I published that. So every time these columns were coming out in the newspaper originally, I was scared to death. Because I thought, what if I get somebody wrong? What if I say something that's not true? It's your observation. And lo and behold, not one. I did over a hundred of those columns and not one person said I got them wrong. Not one. And the best part was when they would point out to me that I had said something about them that they didn't know. And they agreed with it. People need help understanding their value. They need to be, they need to understand that they're special and that they bring something unique and wonderful to the table. But so often we, we need to make sure we do our job and let other people know what those, what that is. It can be very, it's a hard life. And if people aren't, are stepping in to say good things and give that positive feedback, that person may not know. They really may not know. Yeah. It's funny too. Um, one thing that I noticed that you did, and, and this is, I keep finding all these parallels, but you remark all the time. I think you did right away with me too saying i'm i'm a nobody i'm nobody 
And I get in trouble for that, but you know what? It's 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 true, but I get in trouble for it. But it's true. I always say that I'm dumb, <laughs> and I get in trouble for that yeah. because I'm talking to such smart no, I, people, and it's like yeah. I'm just getting educated. Oh yeah, no, I say all the time I'm a nobody, and I have a couple different people with it very quickly inform me that is not true. But my point being is that I am just a guy. I'm I'm I'm. I'm no better, no different, no more special than anyone else out there. Uh, people say, how did you get so many people to talk to you? And now that I have a podcast too, that I just launched my podcast, new people are talking to me. You know what? It's amazing what but being kind and courteous and respectful and patient will do. Well, the cool thing too about your podcast is my one complaint about your book is I wish it was an audio book, but then that wouldn't work because it was interviews with people. So I see your podcast as your audio book. Well, you know, hey, that's a really good, hey, that's a very cool way to say that. Because one of the things I had not thought of that, so many people read the book and said, oh, man, to be a fly on the wall. You know, I'd love to have heard this. I'd love to have heard these interviews when you did them. And I thought, well, we could do that. You know, why not? So, you know, put microphones out and record them and let people hear what it's like. And and I do have a good time. And it is fun. And it is engaging. I, I, I you know... And I'm determined that if I spill a glass of water in my lap during a recorded interview, that's going to air. That's what I'm going to, I'm gonna, <laughs> that's the cards that I was dealt. And I'm not going to cover up the fact that I'm a buffoon. When I'm an idiot, I'm going to be an idiot. You know, uh, when I say something smart, hopefully someone will notice, but I'm going to play the cards I'm dealt because I think it makes it more entertaining. And that's the way I did the original series of interviews. Anyway. Absolutely. And didn't you make a yeah. kind of memorable appearance on the Today Show? Um, I did <laughs> as well, because, you, you, you know, I've mentioned it every, it's the, it's the best story. I go. mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's the best story. The, the, the long, I guess. Okay. So I had interviewed Hoda Kotb, my queen, the great and powerful Oda of Kotb. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Uh, I had interviewed her on the phone. I'd been introduced to her. She used to actually be on the air at Wink down in Naples, Florida, the <laughs> Southwest Florida area where I live. And so I was introduced to her. Uh, and she said, when are you, you know, I'd like to meet you. And I said, well, we're going to be in New York in two weeks. She said, come to the show. So we go to Hoda and Kathy Lee, make it through 58 minutes with no problem. <laughs> uh, we had been told that she would, was going to put us on the show, which we didn't know, but we thought my book hadn't come out yet. So there was nothing to say there. And I mean, we can't cook, so we weren't going to do a cooking <laughs> segment, you know? So I thought we were going to wave like idiots and smile at the camera. And, you know, I was prepared for idiot waving on the today show, but we were in the studio. So we're at the last commercial break. Hoda is, there's a semicircular bench, mm-hmm. sort of, which people at the Today Show have seen a lot. It's up there in place. Hoda and Kathy Lee are in the center. And there's four other people that have won a contest that are already up there. And I look at Hoda and she's nodding to me. Well, a nod from Hoda does not mean, Randy, come up and sit down with me and go on live TV. I need a little bit more <laughs> right, than that. Acknowledgement. Oh, hi, Randy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not quite going to do that. Then she gestures and nods. To me and my husband, Derek, she gestures and nods. He's right behind me and she's nodding. And as she does that, I start to hear 10, 9, 8. So we're in countdown (laughs) mode coming out of the commercial. Well, I'm like, man, this is live TV. So I'm literally off and running because we're in the back and I'm like (laughs) practically feel like I'm jumping over the big cables and stuff. And I get up there and I'm looking for my place to sit (laughs) and I see a space available and I turn around real quick and I kind of thrust myself real quickly toward this part of the curved bench and it's on wheels and I start rolling to the back 
of the Today Show set. Six, five, four. I swear to you, <laughs> if everything went in slow motion. Because I'm not, I mean, I'm rolling. <laughs> it, the bench is in three sections. So the section I'm in is just like off and running. So I'm rolling to the back as I'm hearing this. Derek, my husband, doesn't know what's happened because <laughs> he's followed me. He turns around to set three, two, one, boom. He hits the he hits the floor and we are live. <laughs> the guy is on his butt on national TV. Perfect fall. Just falls right there. Man down, man down. Hoden Kathy Lee are perfect. I mean, the other four people really don't know what to do with the whole scenario. <laughs> I'm like an idiot laughing because what do you do? I mean, I'm laughing. I'm, my, my face is bright red. I'm just in the back because uh, I'm. you can see me in the back of the wall. You see me back there sort of tucked back there because I've flown back there practically laughing. What do you do? <laughs> and even after we were done and they were like, you okay? They handled it so great. I will say even Kathy Lee tweeted later to me to make sure he was okay, <laughs> which I thought was very, very thoughtful. But so uh, they, Kathy Ryan, who was assistant, you know, escorts us out as soon as the show is over. We're out in the plaza and I'm just staring at Derek <laughs> and I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm like, are you? Cause I'm really like, if it were me, I've said this so many times, I would still be in therapy. <laughs> and, and he said, I'm fine. I said, you just you fell on live TV. You know, are you okay? <laughs> and he said, yes, I'm fine. <laughs> and then he ultimately, yeah, Oh God. Um, oh, I'm trying, I was trying to think of the, the exact, the exact way he said this. The next thing he said, I looked at me and said, it's not like I'm Steve Harvey. And I announced the wrong winner of Miss Universe. <laughs> Good perspective. And I'm like, you are my hero. You are my hero. I mean, it was the last thing I put in the book before we went to publication. It is the most talked about thing from the book. It is Toda then had me on her radio show, her Sirius XM radio show to promote the book. <laughs> And Derek was there. And the joke was that Hoda's assistant, Kathy Ryan, was to keep Derek standing. <laughs> Derek was not allowed to have a chair. And let me tell you, there was no chair for Derek. There was a chair for everybody but Derek. He had to stand the entire time. <laughs> the joke was there. And, and Hoda even referenced that good-looking guy. And she went, yeah, there was an issue on the uh, – He see, he survived the, the episode on the Today Show. And we just said, hashtag Derek go boom. So <laughs> – I mean, what a hero. Because I, I tell you, I still don't know if I'd be okay with it. He just rolled with it. And I think if you look at the whole idea of when you fall down, you got to get up again. I think Derek's example, when you fall down, maybe you didn't fall. Maybe you don't even, you know, he, he never fell. It's a metaphor. He, in his, yeah, the metaphor of falling down. He never allowed falling. He never worried about getting back up again because he didn't worry about the fall. That's and that's pretty amazing. That's pretty special. That's that's extraordinarily special. I think it's cool, actually. And you know what? It's a better story. <laughs> it is. You know, I wanted to say thank you because it's like it's the funniest thing in the book. There's a lot of funny shit in the book. There, I mean, there really is. There's some pretty funny things that happen. But yeah, that that's a real winner. <laughs> you, you go back and yeah, it'd be a great story. Oh, I was on the Today Show and I waved or whatever. But now you have a, the Today Story Show. I've got, I've got the story and let me tell you, and he's, he knows it's talked about all the time. Mm -hmm. I was on the radio locally. I was sort of sidekicked. My, my friend who's on the talk radio did his sidekick was on vacation. He said, come in and sidekick one day. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm like texting Derek and oh, by the way, I just told the Today Show story. He was like, oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we live. (laughs) Well, everyone's heard it by now. Well, they're hearing it more and more. They are certainly hearing it. But you know what? He's my hero. He was before, but he certainly was after that. That's a really awesome story. Now, you um, were on another show for a little bit. I think you did about five episodes. Um, Nice Guys Do Business. Nice Guys on Business. Wonderful podcast. Wonderful. What I love about them is they kind of define nice guys in a way nice, nice guys who watch football. I mean, it's not, it's not, not that they're foot, but they're nice, normal guys. It, it's like nice guys who still drink beer and, and. So they're nice guys and they drink beer. <laughs> well, no, really, I guess what they're, they're bringing an element, an element of being nice, doing the right thing to just your average guy. Okay. Just an average guy that, you know, the, the armchair quarterback dudes, you know, they're, they're bringing an element of that to just, they, they cuss, they have no problem, you know, because frankly, you can be a nice guy and still have a potty mouth. Sure. So there's nothing pretentious about it, but I like, they're really letting nice, normal guys who watch football and or cuss and or are intelligent and or successful, but still bringing an element of doing the right thing. They had asked me to join their podcast. The only reason it didn't work is they had so much content. Mm. It was really, literally difficult to squeeze me in. Okay. It was really, really, really difficult for them to squeeze so me in. So is that kind so, of like a good um, soft um, soft open for your current show? Well, I tell you, I learned a lot. Uh, you know, I would say Doug Sandler really, you know, he he talked to me and gave me really good feedback about how to be, uh, how to interview and what would be unique to me. And yeah, I don't think I would be able, I don't think I would have done it on my own without that experience first and kind of figuring out how to do it and to trust myself and to kind of figure out what is my voice and, and also to figure out it's more interesting when, you know, like I said, when, when you let what happens happen, true, you know, when what happens happens, you know, we just let it go. So, um, so you're mentored. In. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they were really wonderful. We kind of jokingly say, I mean, they have a wonderful business where they actually, work with people now to, to help them launch their own podcast, which is part of their business and they're extraordinary at it. But the other thing we kind of laugh about, I said, well, you've helped a lot of people start your podcast, but I, I'm a spinoff. <laughs> I'm like really a spinoff. So we jokingly, what was it that they're happy days and I'm Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> okay. And and we, okay. We say I'm Laverne and Shirley. Okay. Cause I'm going to name drop again. Cause I, my buddy is Eddie Mecca, who was Carmine on Laverne and oh. Shirley. And people, if you don't know who he is, Google him. That's what Google is for. <laughs> Google Carmine on Laverne and Shirley. Love Eddie Mecca. He's crazy. He's a funny, funny, funny guy. And he's my buddy and he's in my book. And I, I absolutely want to have him on the show. So I've determined that that's, the, that's my spinoff. <laughs> Speaking of your voice and finding your voice, you had commented before yeah. that you didn't like your voice and that Peter Thomas kind of helped, um, straighten you out a little bit. And, you know, and, and I don't, I, I had jokingly said to Peter Thomas, once again, please people listening, Google Peter Thomas voiceover, Peter Thomas announcer, uh, oh, he died in his nineties. I, I have such a tough time. I miss him so much. He and his wife, I loved them dearly. He was the voice for decades. Just, just, he, as I said, he narrated my childhood. He, uh, 
he is the the narrator on Forensic Files, mm-hmm. the voiceover artist on Forensic Files, which is still on. And I had told his daughter recently, I literally, when I miss Peter, when I miss her dad, I turn on Forensic Files in a rerun to hear him talk about, you know, murder <laughs> and crime. So, and, um, you know, so I turn it on to be <laughs> able to listen to that. I just told him, you know, I said, oh, I, I jokingly said, I, I, you know, I don't have a right, I don't have a good voice for this. I mean, I did radio back in college, but I mean, I don't have the right voice for that. He just disagreed with me. And he had me come over to his house to like record in his studio and bring some of the stuff that I had written mm-hmm. and recorded and coached me on. And I said, I kind of had my own little Tuesdays with Maury thing. And he, I, you know, it's amazing what we tell ourselves we can't do. Sure. You know, I told myself I couldn't do voiceover. I did not. I had kind of a nasal voice. It was kind of obnoxious to Peter. I had heart and I had spirit. And to him, I had intellect and humor, but I was unique. That's it. So all of the things that I thought really, many of the things I thought were kind of annoying and obnoxious, he he saw as special. And once again, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have gone down the podcast path without Peter Thomas, but please to everyone, Google this extraordinary man. Well, I wanted to pile he's, on a little bit wonderful. with what he said. Yeah. And I pointed this out to somebody in an earlier episode, um, Daniele Bolelli. There, there's a name drop for you. He does a his. There you go. Well, and that's also when you can barely pronounce <laughs> Daniele Borelli. Bolelli. Bolelli. Okay. Um, he, he hosts the History on Fire podcast, has a very thick Italian accent. Speaks great English, but is very thickly accented. And as I pointed out to him, his voice is distinct. Your voice is distinct. Now think about it for a second. Every major movie star who is male, they have a very distinct voice, often to the point Mm -hmm. that they're mimicked. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. But, well, you can even look at the how distinct the voices are of our presidents, mm-hmm. how they're mimicked. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I had not really thought about that. It, it was was nice to get that vote of confidence from literally a god right. in voiceover. <laughs> if I was walking down a hallway and I heard you in a room, I'd stop and go, wait a minute, is that Randy? Oh, I'm one of the, from now on, like when I call you on the phone <laughs> and you answer the phone, if you don't have me in the phone, I'm going to go, Hey, how you doing? You'll know everyone. <laughs> I don't ever have to say who I am. I've never, ever, once somebody's talked to me and gets to know me, I never have to identify who I am on the phone. Ever. That's an asset that is incredibly valuable for you, especially interviewing because you are such a distinct personality that people get to know you and it's easier to graft onto you as a friend, as a host, because of that. Well, I, I, I'm going to just go with your way of thinking and Peter's way of thinking and say thank you. Because, I, you know, at this point, I also, to the point where I just turned 56, and at a certain point in time, you just got to trust in you and, and who you are and what you've got and what you bring to the table. And you've just got to trust in you, try to be the best version of you. I'm not saying that people just, you know, sure. I want to be the best version of me I can be. But, you know, it, it, as we get older, we do tend to hopefully accept ourselves more. And I really do wish younger people could begin that process sooner. I, I, I do wish they could begin that process sooner and trust in who they are. Certainly want that for my own children. That's kind of the big joke on life though, isn't it? You have to be kicked around enough to realize humility. You have to. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and there's advantages too, because when I was a kid, I wanted nothing more than to be an adult. Now I'm an adult and I'm saying, what happened? 
So th- yeah, that's, yeah. that's the big con. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll have kids never growing up. Oh, wait, we might have that now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was my birthday last week. So I was thinking about that whole when I was a kid, I wanted to be an adult thing. So yeah. Yeah, I was certainly thinking about that recently. <laughs> now, on that note, um, do you, uh, as you're doing your shows, um, or not show, uh, we'll say the book, because to me, they all run together. It's just a matter of presentation. They're, you're absolutely right. Because really, when it comes right down to it, my platform is conversation, talking to people, being in the same room. You can learn something from everybody. You can learn something positive from everybody. And there's something good to be said about almost everybody. I can't say that about everyone, Mm -hmm. but we're a hateful, mean society, and we do it without thinking about it. And I have done it. And and it's you just don't complain about how nasty we are as people if you're not willing to do something about it. And my book, the way I laugh at myself, the way Derek, we laugh at Derek's foibles on the Today Show, <laughs> um, all of it. It's it's all about acceptance of myself, acceptance of life, and just to try to be hopefully a, a more of a positive influence on what's happening out there. And that message definitely comes across. You have a well, great thank you. spirit thank you. in the that, show. It's a lot of fun. And you've been a lot of fun today. Well, thank you very much. Me and, and Alexander Wakefield Jones, the dog that has made the occasional guest appearance. He's he's waiting for his other dad to come home. So he's uh, been at the door kind of squeaking a little bit waiting for he. Yeah, like he's doing right now. He's. <laughs> He, he kind of knows he's got an internal clock. He knows it's time for a tall daddy to be home. I'm short daddy. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm six two. So wow, okay. yeah, yeah. Tall daddy six four. So uh, yeah. Thank you for putting up with both of us. Hey, I'm really honored to have you on. Now, where can people find you? Um, you know, the best thing to, the, the show is all cataloged. Well, I, you can follow the show jones.show. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Spotify, which I Apple Podcasts, everyone. Do Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I've got uh, yeah, I've got it on. It's it's on iPhone. Yeah, so it's on Apple. But you can also just go to Jones Show. That's literally the URL, which is why I named it <laughs> www.jones.show, so people would automatically be able to find it without working really hard at it. And then actually on jones.show, there is a reference where you can actually go and, and get the book, the ebook or the regular book. And, and I'm very blessed. I'm going to name drop a couple more Hopefully. things, but the introduction for that book was by Peggy post from the Emily post Institute. What a blessing. Uh, what an extraordinary thing. Emily, Emily post writing that book called etiquette in 1922, almost a hundred years ago. Uh, anybody who's not familiar with the work of Emily Post, I urge you, you should be Peggy Post, my angel to do that for me. And then the special, the introduction, um, the, the, she, Peggy wrote the forward and the introduction was written by Aaron Barakovich. Very big name drop there. Well, yeah, she's, well, I, I, I can't even. I, it's every time she'll call or text or anything. I'm, I'm re- I, I really am like, really? Seriously, <laughs> seriously, Aaron Brockovich is my friend and she's so special. She's so good to me. She is so supportive. Um, she's coming to town soon. Awesome. Um, yeah, she's, she, I really, really am and extraordinarily blessed, but I got to tell you, Julia Roberts nailed it. She really did in that movie. <laughs> 
Well, that's cool. But I've also said that the real life Aaron now is more interesting than a Julia Aaron from 1995. So, you know, but she's, she's older and more interesting person now. You grow into it. But yeah, yeah, but she's extraordinary and I'm very lucky. Well, Hey, thanks so much for coming on. Okay. Thank you. Hi, this is Kara Mayer Robinson and I host Really Famous. I interview A-list celebrities. I dive deep because I used to be a therapist. This is what Tim Gunn said. I just have this antipathy for the judges. I can't stand being in the same room with them. Tim Daly. If you're not working in LA and you're an actor, there's no worse place to be. Michael Rappaport. I changed schools every year from the third grade to the 12th grade. Disruptive was my thing. Chaz Palminteri. I knew something was going on. I said, I got to talk to somebody. It's Really Famous. It's like eavesdropping on a therapist session. Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to Mr. Hayes? A fish surrounded by sharks. A secretary cursed by desire and ambition. Introducing the diarist by Donna Barrow Green. The diarist, an addictive psychological thriller, satirical, suspenseful, and full of twists. Available on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea. I do notice you. I like that blouse on you very much. You look very pretty just as you are right now. Oh, well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I repeated his words in my mind. I notice you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea the daughter, the wife, the secretary. Not even Andrea the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader. (laughs) 